Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with DNZ. I am D, and we have a great show for you tonight. 76ers and the Nets pull off a trade. The 2022 Hall of Fame class is announced professional football. And our good friend Christopher Johnson joins us on the in route. But we'll begin today's show with Super Bowl 56. The Rams defeated the Bengals 23-20. Stafford led the Rams downfield with four minutes left in the game to get the go-ahead touchdown. Burrow and the Bengals had a chance to respond, but Aaron Donald and the L.A. defense erased those chances in four straight downs. Some have argued that the game was great. Others have argued it was predictable. What were your takeaways from the game, Z? Well, first and foremost, we definitely, you know, we want to wish Odell Beckham well because that non-contact injury looked gnarly. You know, I mean, I don't like him personally, but you don't want to see on the biggest game in the biggest game of the year, the biggest moment of this guy's career. The last thing you want is to see his leg explode on the field. But, you know, overall, I would say it was predictable. I would agree with that standpoint, just from the simple fact that the Rams defense in particular, the defensive line seemed to turn it on late in the game and there was no answer for the bull rush of Aaron Donald at the end because that offensive line was overmatched in the Titans game it was overmatched in the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow was left in a puddle in a heap again and he ended up with an MCL sprain he played through it so kudos to him for that uh, not a lot of penalties until the end. I mean, at that point, you know, had uh, the defensive holding and then pass interference on the final drive. Cooper Cup does Cooper Cup things because nobody could stop him. And even with Beckham out, he was still, they didn't double him. They didn't double him. They let him run free. And Eli Apple talked all that shit and he could not deliver. Um, Overall, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much for the whole uh, argument of they should have taken an offensive lineman. But if you saw what happened in that game and that Joe Burrow needed to you know, be scraped off the ground with a spatula, they should have taken an offensive lineman. Jamar Chase is great and all, but you got to be able to protect the quarterback. And if you're not going to protect your quarterback, you're going to have games like that. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say I had the Rams and I had Cup as the MVP. Just throwing it out there. I know it's, it's just pat myself on the back a little bit. But <laughs> maybe maybe because I wanted the Bengals to win, but I feel like the game was a bit boring mm-hmm. and not enough scoring. I, I felt the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, it was 
better. It was more compelling. I know there wasn't as much scoring in that last game, but I felt like I was on edge because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, it really could have went either way. Where in this game, it was like, okay, the Rams are going to win this. You know, I, I felt like that the whole time. I was never, I never was swayed, you know, thinking that the Bengals, even when the Bengals went on their little run, I was like, it's too much time left in the game. Like, they're going to get back into it. Both teams had drives that stalled in the middle of the field, which led to punts. Um, the best play of the game was a long touchdown pass from Burrow to T. Higgins. And the replay showed that Higgins grabbed Jalen's face mask. Like, that was the best play of the game, really. So, uh, you know, my, my sentiment is that neither team will get back to the Super Bowl in the next five years. So maybe it's also maybe it's also because of that, too. It's like this is a one and done and it's just like that, you know, after every Super Bowl, I think there's talk about, oh, which team's going to repeat? This team's going to come back. I mean, McVay and Aaron Donald, they're already like, yo, we don't want to deal with this cap nightmare. <laughs> no, no <laughs> it's so hard to repeat. It's so hard to repeat in sports in general, much less much less in football. I mean, if you you mean if you look at the Bucks, right? The Bucks seem to be primed and ready to go. They brought back their entire starting lineup and they still couldn't get it done. So, it's so difficult because each year the competition gets stiffer. You get older. People figure you out that you constantly have to reinvent the wheel. But there's one thing I, I want to get to this though. On that final drive, that third down, why the hell is Samaje Pirine in there yeah. and not Joe Mixon? Yeah. Yeah. Especially they weren't changing personnel based on third down. And you know, they, they weren't the Rams, I'm saying, were not changing their personnel or changing third down when P. Ryan was in as opposed to when Joe Mixon was in. I agree with you. The other thing, I would have liked to see Jamar Chase get the ball somehow. Mm. Now, there's a, there's a meme going around on how on the last play of the game, Ramsey actually fell down and Jamar Chase is running downfield wide open, but Burrow couldn't get free and get the ball out. Otherwise, they would have won the game. But I would have liked to see them try to get Jamar the ball, maybe on an end and around. Or, you know, he only had five receptions, which was kind of a letdown in my opinion. I really wanted him to blow the cover off the ball. I understand Jalen Ramsey was on him, but he showed early that it didn't matter that Jalen Ramsey was on him. Yeah, Jal- he, blew by, he blew by Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, I mean, in my opinion, had a bad game. I mean, Higgins scored on him. Jamar was catching the ball, didn't have any problems. Um, you know, that guy cost them a 2020 and a 2020-21 first-round pick. And I don't really know. If now, Ramsey played like garbage, and Eli Eli Apple played like garbage on the other side. So, who was who, in your opinion, played worse, Ramsey or Apple? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Apple. And the funny thing is, is if you go on Twitter, you can see the beef. <laughs> Apparently, Apple was talking a lot of shit in the AFC Championship game, and all the wide receivers for the Kansas City Chiefs are dogging him during the game and after the game because he gave up the touchdowns. Um, you know, we, we talked about this for the last month. You know Cup is getting the ball. You know he's getting the ball. Where Where is the movement? Where are the shifts? Triple team him, double team him. You know, OBJ was gone. So, where, where, where who were you worried about getting the ball? They tried to throw somebody else the ball. He tipped it off his hand and the Bengals intercepted it. Like, they had no other place to go but to Cup. And the fact that they couldn't key on that 
and take advantage of that was pretty frustrating. But we crushed the Rams all season for trading for Matthew Stafford and essentially mortgaging the future to win now. Ramsey, Stafford, McVay, Sneed, Odell, and Miller, they're all laughing at us because they're Super Bowl champs. Do you think other teams will adopt the new win-now method, or will teams still stick to building championships through the draft? Why do teams build through the draft? Because it's cheaper. Yeah, Yeah. Because it's cheaper. Why do you think the Seahawks won that first time? Because Russell Wilson was on a rookie contract. Right. Bill, you gotta do this on the cheap. And the minute they had to pay him, that's when the whole defense had to go. Full bingo. You guys all gotta go. You can't stay, but you gotta get the hiccup on out of here. Exactly. So, uh, you know, credit to the Rams. Credit to the Rams for getting it done. It didn't look like it was probable, especially since Matthew Stafford tried to give the game back again. So, say what you will about it, but Stafford did not have a great game. But... This it's very risky. You have to win. If you don't win, you're gonna look like Daryl Morey in the Sixers. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's a copycat league. So I do feel like other teams will attempt this method. And to be honest with you, this has happened in the past, right? We saw the Redskins do this. We saw mm-hmm. the Redskins try to well that we saw the Washington football team back in the day try to build teams with Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders. Like they went after big time uh, Dante, Deontay, D'Angelo Hall. They went after big names, but it, it just never it never meshed. It always crashed and burned. Um I don't I mean I I think other teams will attempt this method, but this method does not come with sustained success. No way. I, I don't think the Rams will be back to title contention next year. The Rams barely made it to the Super Bowl this year. They were one interception away from losing to the 49ers. They were a blown coverage away from losing to the Bucks, And they were a holding penalty away from losing the Super Bowl. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. they call that holding penalty. They get pushed back 10 yards. We know they're going to go for it and for it down, but we've seen the Bengals make a stand on the goal line against the Chiefs twice. So we know it's definitely possible. Aaron Donald and Sean McVay are contemplating retirement because they know what they're going to have. They know what this team's going to be next year. They know what this team's going to be for the next few years. They've mortgaged the future for this. This is it. And they were lucky they didn't get hurt. Well, actually, they did get hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the Robert Woods got hurt, but then they wound up picking up Odell Beckham Jr. But then Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. So, and, you know, Steph, I, I was arguing with somebody earlier yesterday. I was like, the Rams could have won the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. What did Stafford do that was so freaking outstanding in this game? He threw two interceptions. And they're like, no, you don't understand. He can't make all the throws. But did he? Does he have to make all the throws? They had Cam Akers. They had Sony Michelle. They had their that defense. And the other thing is, is I don't, you know, I don't want to get into the if game. But if the Rams didn't play, let's say the Rams didn't play the Bengals of all teams, right? The Bengals made it. Right. Let's say they played the Chiefs. Or the Patriots, like a, a good team. I'm not saying the Bengals aren't good. The Bengals are good. They deserve to be there. They definitely earned it. However, there were teams this season that played better than the Bengals. The 
the Bills, like a Bills team, a good defensive Bills team. I, I don't know if we're talking about the same outcome, and I don't know if everybody still has a job over there. Well, go. let's look at the first round, right? Let's go back to the first round. If the Titans yeah, somehow no. survive the Bengals and Ryan Tannehill doesn't do Ryan Tannehill things, King Henry runs down the Rams' throat. Right? I, you have to believe that. Absolutely. Mixon was doing a good job. There's another thing. They didn't give the ball to Mixon enough. They didn't Not give enough. it to him enough in the second half. Like, he was playing really well. He threw a touchdown pass. Like, come on. Like, he was doing he was doing really well. And, and that was one of the keys to victory that we both agreed on, that Joe Mixon was going to have to run the ball and run the ball well to keep those, you know, defensive linemen respecting the rush and at bay. And, you know, it just it, it didn't work out that way. No, absolutely not. They they only ran for 15, 15 carries. But if you look at the other side, right, he had 15 carries by himself. There was only 19 combined carries by Rams running backs. So rushing was definitely at a premium. But um, if you're looking down, if you're looking at the Rams and you're looking at the future, right, the future has totally been mortgaged unless they blow this team up and trade. Like that, you know, you have to admit that it's not going to work. And it's not, it's definitely not going to work long term because everybody's got to get paid. It's a salary cap league. You, you're going to have a bunch of guys at the top and then you're going to be filling in with scrubs. Like that's what, it, you can't have that in the NFL. If you look at the Seahawks, right? Russell Wilson took all the money and that's why he was in the position he was in. Right. You can't have it both ways. So the easiest way and the one with the most longevity is to build through the draft and then get your quarterback, get him on a rookie contract, a team-friendly deal, and you can build around him. That That's going to provide you the most sustained success and it's going to allow you to fortify through the draft because the Rams... If you don't have a first-round draft pick, you're not going to be able to maximize the amount of talent around you. Yes, the Bengals were able to get an offensive line of undrafted free agents and sixth-round picks, and they were able to get to the Super Bowl. But look what happened when the lights were on bright. That offensive line got wrecked. So you need to get talent and as much talent as you can. And I'm with you. I firmly believe that they could have won the Super Bowl this year with Jared Goff. I think they could have won if they picked up Ryan Fitzpatrick in free agency. Like this would, you know, this team was ready to go. And all Matthew Stafford had to do was not screw it up. And he was this close to screwing it up. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. 
give him a call, 845-641-3043, and tell him DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Yeah, well, Matt, Matt Stafford seemed relieved after the game, you know, was was finally over. He, he won his championship. Some analysts feel this is what Matt Stafford needed to punch his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Joe Burrow was dejected at the end of the game and felt the team would learn from the loss and use it to get back to a Super Bowl. Many colonists think this is a short-sighted vision by the young quarterback since some players and teams never returned to the Super Bowl, citing Dan Marino as a perfect example. So which way are you leaning for both quarterbacks? Matthew Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Seriously. He's not. He's not. Dan you cannot. D- Dan Orlovsky, stop. Stop. Stop, man. You're embarrassing yourself. You're saying that Stafford is in, but you got a question about Ben Roethlisberger? Are you kidding me? Ben Roethlisberger is more of a shoe-in than Matthew Stafford. To me, Stafford is with Matt Ryan. He's with Joe Flacco. He's with all those other guys. Just another guy. That's great that he puts up all these numbers. But that's why you say that, because I would actually put Matt Ryan and... Uh, who's the other person you mentioned? Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco above Stafford, right? Like, Flacco has an MVP. It's true. Super Bowl MVP. Matt Ryan has a league MVP. Sorry, how did it interrupt you? No, no. It's I think true. I, I think Stafford's only been to one Pro Bowl. He's only been yeah. named Player of the Week four times in his whole fucking career. Like, are you kidding me, guy? You, yeah. he, was, he, he wasn't even named a Pro Bowler this year. Where everybody made the Pro Bowl. Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, you can say all you want about Matthew Stafford being failed by the Lions, but one hand washes the other. He failed the Lions as much as the Lions failed him. Because last time I checked, there was a fella there, maybe you've heard of him, Calvin Johnson. Like, he had people around him. And in recent history... Prior to Jim Caldwell being fired, the Lions were actually a respectable franchise. So, I don't want to hear this narrative that somehow the Lions failed Matthew Stafford. It's just not true. But as far as Joe Burrow goes, it's only his second year. Granted, like everybody brings up Dan Marino because that's the easiest one, the easiest comparison. You never, you never know you're not going to make it back. It's it's always possible. They need to build on the offensive line. I know I sound like a broken record, but they're going to get this guy killed. <clears throat> they're going to get him killed the way Carson Palmer got his career killed. Carson Palmer used to have promise, and then Kimo Von Olhoffen happened. Or and even, the, yeah, Kimo Von Olhoffen happened. <laughs> Kimo Von Olhoff blew up his knee. But look at Andrew Luck. In recent history, Andrew Luck was another guy who they didn't, they didn't, didn't, he he got crushed too, too much. They didn't build the line fast enough for him. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're not on the same level, but look at Daniel Jones. 
David Carr. You you see this all the time. You got young quarterbacks behind shit offensive line, and then all of a sudden they're now skittish in the pocket and they turn themselves into a backup quarterback. David Carr was actually a very good quarterback coming out of Fresno State. He got it's a shame that he got wrecked behind that offensive line, that shitty Houston Texans offensive line. But Matthew Stafford, you know, in terms of Hall of Fame, I think I've made myself clear. He will get in eventually just what? because Wait, he, what? but hang on, hang on, hang on. Just because they uh, people seem hell bent on putting him in because he's a prolific passer. Never mind the fact that it's mostly prolific, in garbage time because the Lions passer. suck. Prolific passer. See, he led the league in interceptions and pick sixes this year. <laughs> right. He also <laughs> led prolific. in touchdown passes. He threw 41 touchdown passes. He's nine. He is nine games under 500 as a starter. Don't let the facts get in the way of the story. <laughs> That's what Dan Orlovsky's trying to tell you. Pay no attention to what oh. you see with your eyes. What I see with my eyes is that Matthew Stafford sucks. Like, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't go- even I, I wouldn't go that far to say he sucks. I do think he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good quarterback. He's got a good arm. He's good. He's all around good. And I think that's fair. I don't see anything wrong with saying the guy is good. He's good. He's not great. And he's not Hall of Fame. And then, you know, the, I mean, he's, he's not even on the old decade team. No. He couldn't even make that team. No. <laughs> and he didn't ask to. It's not like he's, you know, he's lobbying for this. He's just got his friend or Dan Orlovsky's biggest cheerleader, like, trying to trying to put this in everybody's head. And everyone's like, what? Like, huh? Uh, I mean, he didn't even win. The, he didn't even win the MVP of the damn Super Bowl. No, they know, won despite him. They did, and that's been, but that's been his entire career. The Lions won in spite of him because as many touchdowns as he's thrown, and he's thrown a lot. He's thrown 323 touchdowns. He's also thrown 161 picks in his career. That's a lot. That's a lot, and. The, the other thing that leads me to believe he will get in is I look at player comps. And if there's a player comp and he's in the Hall of Fame, chances are at some point he will get in the Hall of Fame. And I know I've said it before. To me, the Matthew Stafford player comp is Brett Favre. And Brett Favre is in. So as much as I disagree with that, I mean, Brett Favre has MVP, so that I mean, there is a there are there are differences, but there's a lot of Brett Favre and Matthew Stafford, and a lot of Matthew Stafford and Brett Favre. Brett Favre is in, so that leads me to believe that Stafford is going to be in eventually. And you know, he still he still has time. He can get another one under his belt. Yeah. Like you know, you never know. But I would bank on if I'm if you're asking me who would get back sooner, if at all. I got to say that I would bet Burrow goes back sooner than Stafford because they're younger at the core positions and they have money to invest on this in this team. They also have all the draft capital that they can invest into this team. The, the Rams are going to be hamstrung by this situation 
And I don't think, I think that's going to negatively affect Matthew Stafford's chances again. Yeah, I think it's tough. The AFC is really tough. I mean, you got, you got a lot of talent there. I think Brady spoiled some of these quarterbacks into thinking you can go to multiple Super Bowls and it's easy. And it's not. It's incredibly hard. It's not easy at all. Unless they get Joe Burrow some help, like, you know, lineman, he's not getting back anytime soon. It, you know, in a, even in his own division, he's got to deal with the Ravens and the Steelers. Uh, mm-hmm. In addition, you got Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. They're all breathing down his neck. They're now just as hungry as he is to get there. Maybe a really quick turnaround they can get in, but I mean, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see them getting back there. No. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Well, one guy I don't see getting back to this level right now is Aaron Rodgers. Because it's what? Third MVP. And he was, once again, honored with the MVP award. Cooper Cup was named MVP at the Super Bowl. And, you know, one I feel is deserving. The other one I feel isn't. But how do you feel about it? Which one do you think deserve their award? Mm, well, uh, you know, the MVP is just becoming... The MVP of the NFL is just becoming a meaningless trophy. I mean, I don't see how how Aaron could have got this year. I really do think it should have been Brady, especially since it was his last year. I mean, what he did at 45 and and how he, he brought life to that Buccaneers team. And not any, not everybody could do what he did. Now, Cup, I mean, I said it. I said he should. I said, I said before the game, even watching the game, yes, Aaron Donald had a great game. And, you know, they don't, they don't stop the Bengals on that drive without... Aaron Donald. Let's be clear on that. However, the only fight they, the Rams had, the only scoring that they had was coming from Cooper Cup. And that was because OBJ went down. So I'm cool with OB, I'm cool with Cup getting the MVP. Aaron Rodgers, just, uh, what good, what does it mean? What does it mean to Aaron Rodgers' legacy to have all these MVPs get all, to all these N- 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 NFC Championship games and, and not, and not be able to even come through yeah honestly I don't know like you're winning you have four MVPs only a one time Super Bowl champion 10 time Pro Bowl blue woohoo but you can't yeah. play when the lights are the brightest no that's what that's what it's coming down to it's coming down to that when the lights are the brightest you don't shine and let's be real the reason why the Rams won was because when the lights shine brightest their stars balled out their stars played yeah, Stafford had two interceptions, but he he also did make some really nice passes, and and Cup made some really great catches, 
and Aaron Donald made some phenomenal plays. Von Miller made made great plays. Like their stars came out when the. I mean, he's getting home games and national in his in in the championship games, NFC championship games at home, and he's losing. And he's losing them. Yeah. Uh. Now look at Tom Brady's numbers. Right, more passing yards, way more passing touchdowns, more picks. And a lower yards per average. That's pretty. I mean, I, besides the slurping of Aaron Rodgers, like there really is no reason to not have considered Tom Brady. And there really, I mean, if you look at how the voting broke down, Tom Brady wasn't even close. And last year, and last year, it should have been King Henry. And there, an argument could have been made. For Cooper Cup to win the MVP this year, Jonathan Taylor. Numbers. Jonathan Taylor would have been hard because Henry didn't get it last year. But Cup, really, his numbers were outstanding. Best wide. What does a wide receiver have to do to win the MVP? What throw does he touch- have to do? He's got to throw touchdown passes. Throw touchdown passes. He has I mean, to throw them, not catch them. That's the problem. It's but, becoming the offense, the offensive MVP or the MVP of the league is becoming quarterback of the year award. It's not right. It's not right. And we, you know, we talk about MVPs, but moving on to the Hall of Fame class, the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 was announced over the weekend. Tony Baselli, Richard Seymour, Leroy Butler, uh, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeer were all enshrined. Or, or, or they are all going to be enshrined. What are your thoughts on the newest members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame I mean, solid. Really? You guys have been, yeah, solid players. Solid players. I don't know if I necessarily see a lot of Hall of Fame worthy okay, players. Right, right. They're but, not great. Yeah, no, I, I would say that they're all very good. Tony Baselli was very good. Richard Seymour. To me, Richard Seymour is probably the best of the bunch, but just from what I've seen. But, I mean, LeBroy Butler was good. Bryant Young was a standout for the Niners. Even Dick Vermeil as a coach. Like, okay, like you got a Super Bowl. Like that's that's nice. Like you were you should have gotten more out of the greatest show on turf. You probably should have gotten something out of the Chiefs. You probably should have gotten, you know Dick Vermeil should have gotten a lot more out of his teams than he did. So like that's fine, I guess. But um yeah, but all in all, solid, but eh. Yeah, I mean, for me, I disagree. I don't think it's solid at all. I think these are these are good players. Marginally good. Not marginally good. They're good players. Um, NFL continues to get this wrong every year. It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. Sam Mills was the third best linebacker on his team. That's not a lie. He was the third best linebacker on the New Orleans Saints. I can't recall anything Richard Seymour did after he played in New England. I know he played for the Raiders. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember anything he did there. Bryant Young, 14 years, four Pro Bowls. One year he was first team All Pro, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. He was a member of the old decade team. That's great. So what? A lot of people like to say like, if you make the old decade team, then you're in the Hall of Fame. How does that work? How does that work? This guy played 14 years. He went to four Pro Bowls. Four. He had four solid years in 14. And you're a Hall of Famer? 
Like he gets to go in the same room with Lawrence Taylor? No. He gets to go in the same room as Dick Buckus? No. Like how does how does this work? Like that's the problem with the Hall of Fame is you should be measuring these guys up against their other players at their position. And that's why, you know, we were just talking about Matt Stafford. Like, okay, Matt Stafford, if he goes in, he's in the room with Brett Favre. But where's Brett Favre? Is he next to Peyton Manning? Is he no. next to Joe Montana? Like, no. how is the Like, let's let's put it this way. These guys, right, they, they probably played – they played – 99% of them played football in college, right? And they've all played for a certain number of teams in the NFL, Right. Now, granted, if you were really good, you might you are probably in your high school Hall of Fame, right? And then if you're very good, you're probably in the college football Hall of Fame, right? So when you get to the pros, the Hall of Fame should be for the greats. If you want to be on your team's Hall of Fame, like if the 49ers want to put Bryant Young up in the rafters, in the ring of honor, or in the 49er Hall of Fame. That's great. I clap. I applaud. Good for Bryant Young. You know, everybody can go there on the day he gets in, celebrate with him, and be happy. But, dude, you are not an all-time great. You're not mentioned in the upper echelon of receivers or defensive tackles or linebackers and quarterbacks. I, that's just my feeling on it. I mean, I know it's, it rubs people the wrong way, but... I I become I've become less less and even more less wanting to go to Canton to visit or to see or to be a part of the day. To me, baseball. I know we were ratting on baseball a couple weeks ago, but they they get it right to a certain degree. Um, you know, they try to keep the great players in, and no matter how good you are, if if you've done certain things, they're taboo or you're not really as good as another player at your position it's not all it's not all it's not all about numbers right it's it's about playing the game it is but at the same point major league baseball is now going through this issue that you you have some of the greatest players who've ever lived who aren't going to sniff the hall of fame but they are going to get in eventually they're going to get in by a committee yeah, yeah. and we have at this point we don't have a lot of great players on these ballots. You're not going to have truly revolutionary players. I think, like, who's the next great player besides Tom Brady? Who's like the ne- Who's going to be the next revolutionary player who's going to go in? Hester, well, like, well, you know? Well, yeah, well, Tom Brady's class has a chance to be a good class, right? Because it'll be. Ben and well, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald might be a part of that class, or did he retire last year? He retired last year. Okay, so Larry Fitzgerald, I would say, would probably be the next guy, or, or Peyton Manning, right? Peyton Manning. And he's Peyton's not, he's already in. He's already in. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so Larry Fitzgerald, I would think, would be the next like big time guy that we can say, yeah. I mean, he's, I believe, he's the all time leader in receptions, or at least top three. <laughs> right. I mean, because, I mean, look at this. Before you get to Tom Brady, you're going to have Andrew Luck, Luke Keekley, Patrick no, Willis. No. Like, you're going to no. have these guys. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Those guys don't get in. Patrick Willis, especially. And I like Patrick Willis. He's a, he's a good player. He, he didn't play long enough 
he didn't really do anything. <laughs> I, but he's gonna get he's gonna get consideration for the time that he was in, and I don't necessarily think that. I mean, not immediately, but eventually, I think it's going to become the way of baseball that these guys are are going to get it eventually. It's just a matter of time. Unlike it, you, I do like the Tony Baselli. I, I mean, he was the I believe he was the first Jaguar drafted. Yeah, he had some solid seasons on a really bad team, and then uh, I do like Dick Vermeil. Uh, this the story with him and Kurt Warner, his time with the Eagles. He's just he's a he's not only he's a good football coach, he's a good man, mm-hmm. he's a good person, he's a good character, and I do think that's important in sports to have good character. Um, Terrell Owens would disagree, but <laughs> I yeah, so I I'm okay with Dick Vermeil, but those other guys. We know you love our audio podcast, but did you know that we're on YouTube too? That's right. Search The Fade Route with DNZ and you can find full length episodes available to you whenever you want it. Go to YouTube and search The Fade Route with DNZ. Well, you know, it's definitely character is important, but... uh, you know who's not demonstrating good character right now? One Kyler Murray. Apparently, he's having a spat with the Cardinals, and he scrubbed all of his social media accounts of any reference to the Cardinals. Now, being petty, and I, I love me some petty, right? I love pettiness. It's awesome. The Cardinals turned around. And then they scrubbed every mention of Kyler Murray from their social media. Solid. Either way, it seems like a lot of work, right? It seems like a lot of work for the uh, the intern. But word on the street is Kyler Murray's unhappy that the Rams made it to the Super Bowl, and management appears to be upset with Kyler's selfish attitude. So, how does this end? And where do you have Kyler Murray playing next year? You know, I, I just. I don't know how it got so bad so quickly. I, I can't believe it. And you know what? You're not. This is how. This is the order of where I think he's going to land. Okay. okay. Hit me with it. XFL. Okay. USFL. Mm-hmm. Oakland A's. That's mm. the order that I think. That's how I think he's going to fall for for Mr. Kyler Murray. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. I don't think he's... I don't think he's going to the secondary and tertiary leagues just yet. I think he has some time left in this league, but I do agree that he is eventually going to end up in baseball. I, I really think that it's gonna. he's going to end up with the A's, or he's going to be like Russell Wilson, where like he got just exposed to... like the Rule 5 draft, and remember the Yankees yeah, took Russell yeah. Wilson in the Rule 5 just to yeah. have him, like, you know, hit some fungos and do a motivational speech. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can definitely see that going on, but, I mean, if we look at Kyler Murray's numbers, right? 11,000, almost 11,500 yards, 22, 23, and 1, so let's call him a 500 quarterback. He's a 500 quarterback. 70 touchdowns, 34 picks, He's small. You can say he's 5'10". You can say he's 5'10". 
Right? And Drew Brees saying he's lying. 207. Right? Okay, we're saying he's 5'10", 207. I would say he's 5'8", 197, maybe. So, like, he's very small. And can his body withstand the punishment of more than of more games? I don't know that. Long term, I don't know. I don't think so. He's See, built, I think like, the bang, the Bengals the, the the Cardinals are stuck, right? Because they already started over to get him. So they had huh? Rosen and they literally had to start over and went and got Kyler. So you're stuck because you're not you're not gonna get another another quarterback of his caliber, his talent. I have an idea, but I'll let you finish. You can't go get Jimmy G. You can't no, no, no. stay in division. You can't get Russell Wilson. You, you're stuck. In my opinion, you're stuck. Now, Kyler, I don't know why he's starting this trouble now, right? Because if he's smart, he would wait until the salary cap increases and then start your trouble. Because what? You're going to ask to get extended now, and then two to three years from now, your number is going to be arbitrary to whatever top quarterback there is because their cap is going to go up significantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't see what gambit he's trying to run here. He's just going to get himself in trouble. But, yeah, tell me what you're thinking. Well, he's just trying to get out of this situation. But here's what I see. This is what I'm thinking in my mind's eye. And tell me if you think I'm crazy. I think you're crazy. Well, yeah, <laughs> you just wait. You might think I'm fucking certifiable after this one. Rumor has it that the Colts are going to cut Carson Wentz. Yes, I heard that. So the $15 million doesn't become guaranteed. Flip Kyler Murray to the Colts and trade for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah, that would be be very impressive. That would be very impressive. But the the, the Packers are saying they're going to try to keep Aaron. Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short buzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for 7 to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The techs at Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. I mean, they can say that all they wanted because the Nets also said they wanted to keep James Harden. And where's James Harden right now? Because the, the deal happened. We the, the trade actually went down despite our reservations. Daryl Morey did it. The son of a bitch did it. The 76ers got James Harden and Paul Millsap. And the Brooklyn Nets got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. So who won this trade? 
Um, I actually think Brooklyn won the trade because they got Seth Curry mm. and two first-round picks for a guy that wasn't going to resign with them. And the best part about this is Steve Nash. I don't know why nobody's talking about this. We're the only people talking about it. But Steve Nash has the chance to make a big impact on Ben Simmons' life by getting him to be a better basketball player and a better point guard. Everybody was making fun of Steve Nash becoming a coach, 12 straight losses. He's in over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. Coach Nash, if you're listening to me, you have a chance right now to prove all those people wrong by getting Ben Simmons to play top-notch basketball. To me, there there is no doubt that long-term, Brooklyn has won the deal. They got everything they needed, right? They needed a rim protector, somebody, they needed a big who can get rebounds. They finally were able to replace Jared Allen. They got a sniper. They got Seth Curry. They got Doc Rivers to trade away his own grandkids. But that's, that's something, you know? Seth Curry can shoot the lights out. And Brooklyn desperately needed that. They got a defensive stalwart in Ben Simmons, right? When he's right, he's a lockdown defender. He used to be able to shoot, but if he's just going to be a defensive stopper, if that's all he's going to hang his hat on, then that's good. That's great. You can work with that. If Kyrie Irving can ever ever get his head on straight to the point where he can play every single game, and if Kevin Durant can be healthy and then not pack it in and piss and moan, this team could possibly, this team could possibly make some noise. But right now, they're stuck in that play-in tournament, and the way this team's presently going, you know, I don't know if they're going to even be in the playoffs. But there's a lot of pressure right now on three people. I don't even count Joel Embiid. I'm not even counting Embiid in on this. Maury, Rivers, and Harden. Rivers has his own problems. Mr. Blowing three, <laughs> blowing three, three one series leads. Good for you, Doc. No one's done that more than you have. Daryl Morey, you mortgaged the future of two teams to placate James Harden. And Mr. Harden himself, who has now got, this is his third team in three years. He doesn't seem to like to stay very long. So this is pretty much title or bust at this point. They have to win this year. They've painted themselves into the corner where they have to win. And frankly, I still think they need a point guard. I, I think they need another guy. Now, if they go get Goran Dragic, I, I like that addition. I know Milwaukee is very high on Goran Dragic's list. Lakers. But if I'm Dragic, I would choose between either the, the Sixers or the Bucks because the Lakers aren't going anywhere and they're not going anywhere fast. You would not go play in Philadelphia. You know this. You hate I would, that town. Right, I wouldn't, but you know what? I, at the same time, I want to go where I got a chance to win. And frankly, I don't think the Lakers have a chance, snowball chance in hell of winning this year. Going Especially back to Miami, I could win down there. Yeah, why not? You know what? Or it's, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you have options. You definitely have options if you're Dragic. So 
I think that this is this could be potentially very dangerous for the Philadelphia 76ers and they could have set their franchise back for a long time. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderoutDNZ. Today we have County Legislator and Democratic Majority Leader, Mr. Christopher Johnson. What's up, Chris? Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Living the dream. Living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Every day and twice on Sunday. There we go. All right. We're going to jump into it early. We know you're a football fan dating back to your Cardinal Spellman football days. As a former lineman, how upset were you? when they gave the Super Bowl MVP to wide receiver Cooper Cup instead of the obvious choice defensive tackle Aaron Donald. So, so we know, we already know what this is, right? There's already two strikes. <laughs> one, one, he's a lineman, right? Nobody pays attention to us unless we do bad things. <laughs> Bengals offensive line. Um, and, and second, he's on the defense. I mean, come on. There's just... Yeah. It wasn't expected. I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it because it shows that he clearly dominated a, a huge portion of the game. But, you know, I, I knew it was going to Cooper Cup the whole time. Ah, you didn't even have any hope. I, I thought I thought there was a possibility it could happen. I thought, I thought I was going to see it. You know, I think the last time a lineman won was Dallas Cowboys. Larry Brown think he won it in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, it just, you just has to be some special kind of magic that gets sprinkled. And, uh... Apparently, you need two interceptions. I guess that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> uh, being a former offensive lineman, I'm sure you appreciated the Bengals' game plan for frustrating Aaron Donald in the first half, but the Bengals could only cover up their poor offensive line for so long. Could you break down the importance of having a good offensive center and what kind of player or players the Bengals should look to add to their offensive line in the offseason? So this is this is the second Super Bowl we've seen in a row where offensive line play has, you know, been key, right? We saw what happened last year where um, Mahomes got eaten up, uh, and then we saw it again, you know, this, this past Sunday. If you don't have an O-line, you know, a quarterback doesn't exist, a running back doesn't exist. Nobody, you can't play football without an offensive line. Offense just doesn't work. Um, so, so it needs to be there. It needs to happen. Um, look, a center is basically uh, the smartest offensive guard you can find because uh, they block like a guard, quick like a guard, but also understands every single job of every single player on the O-line. And so they, they've got to make sure they show that up. I mean, when, the, uh, when they went heavy to one side so that Aaron Donald had one-on-one against, against the guard, um, it was it was over. Oh, it was man. over. I mean, he pushed him like it was bedtime. He it was said, a night, grown night. man. It was a grown man like <laughs> playing with a child. That's what it looked like. He's tossing grown men around. Unreal, uncanny. His power. 
I mean, whoa. It... <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, exactly. It's like, whoa, jeez. Oh, no, man for the guy. And then he'll speed rush past you, too. If he can't bull rush you, he'll just speed rush you. Aaron Donald is a beast. He took it with one hand. With one hand, he just pushed the guy's arm and just knocked it out of the way. Unreal. Um, but the, the the ref, the referees really swallowed their whistles during the Super Bowl, only calling about four penalties all game. They seemed to miss one call on the first play of the second half, which led to the touchdown for the Bengals. And they made a bad holding call on the Bengals near the goal line of the on the Rams' final drive of the game. What do you think of the current challenge format? And would you be in favor of a sky judge to kind of overturn or make necessary calls during a game? You know, the whole challenge thing is tough, right? Because um, it's it's what's challengeable, what's not challengeable. We always see like the one most egregious thing that we ever could, you know, that we couldn't even imagine happening. And then they're like, oh, that's not challengeable. And, it, you know, I we got what we got. It, they'll do small tinkers here and there. Um, I, it's hard to look back at penalties that were missed, right? Because any penalty can affect any point of the game. You know, I mean, I don't even, I'm not even that mad at the, the last um, pass interference on the goal right. line because the reality is on fourth down, they would have went to Cooper Cup and scored anyway because that's just, like, you had that whole drive. It was yeah. something like 15, 16 plays. Like, come on, you had multiple chances. You can't blame it on one call. Um, and you know, as far as the sky judge, you know, let let human error is part of the game. And I know we're watching at home, but like, is there anything better than everybody just like screaming, yelling at the TV? How did you not see that? Like, that's <laughs> part of the experience, right? Right. Even even the fact that we're talking about it right now. If there was a judge who came in and said, "No, we're gonna correct this," it would just we wouldn't be talking about it. So it's part of the experience. Talking about how terrible the officiating is. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is, but at the same time, like stuff like that is what's kind of killing other sports like baseball. So it, it's got NFL's got to be very, very careful about how it how uh, they proceed with replay and how they proceed with officiating. But enough about the game. Enough about the game. Let's talk about the real deal. Let's talk about the halftime show. So that <laughs> fe- that featured a flashback to our childhood. You know, you got old school hip hop legends. You got Mary J. Blige. You got Fifty Cent, Snoop, Dre, Eminem. And after M was done, he took a knee after Lose Yourself and held his head while Dre performed the next song. And this was apparently an odd, uh, a nod to Colin Kaepernick, who took a knee a few years ago to bring attention to racial injustice, police brutality, and system- systemic oppression. Did you catch that? And um, how do you feel about it then or even now? So missed it in real time, but Twitter told me about it right away. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I got to go check that, go, re- press the rewind. Um, but, you know, like, I, I respect Eminem. He recognizes he's made a lot of money that hip-hop and, and what it represents and who has been the face of hip-hop. He's made a lot of money off of it. And so to show respect to those who have, you know, built his career and have allowed him to find success in his life, you know, I respect it. He's got to stand with us because if, if Eminem doesn't stand with us, then who does he stand with? So when he takes a knee, you know, uh, you know, recognizing the same thing that Cap was doing, and when you hear the lyrics that Kendrick Lamar was spitting, and when you hear them NWA lyrics, and, you know, like, and Snoop smoking before the game, like, all of that stuff mixed together, 
and you know like that that there's there's still a bigger issue that is really just kind of just floating over the NFL and they tried to you know ignore it a little bit by giving us a good halftime show but you know it was good but it wasn't that good <laughs> yeah no it wasn't it certainly wasn't good enough to ignore the bigger picture issues that are going on yeah. like Daniel Snyder you know the owner of the commanders He's under investigation regarding sexual harassment, workplace misconduct. Uh, the Cowboys got found out, uh, had to pay about $2.4 million in damages for this voyeurism lawsuit. You got Stephen Ross of the Dolphins, part of the class action lawsuit from Brian Flores. You know, and then Flores alleging that Ross offered him $100K per loss. <laughs> in order for him to try and draft Joe Burrow in 2019. So do you see any of these billionaires being forced to sell their teams or uh, is it just going to keep on keeping on? Well, first of all, shout out to you for just letting Washington commanders roll off your tongue <laughs> so easily. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it, uh, everybody wants to shorten it to the commies, but I'm not. I love yet. the commies. I love the commies. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, and you know, there's something to be said. Clearly, Joe Burrow's making it to the Super Bowl in, the, in year two, coming right off an of injury. So maybe, maybe uh, Ross knew what he was looking. For. <laughs> he had something um, there. <laughs> but but literally went the wrong way about it. I mean, this is not this is not sports, right? Sports is win at all costs, not lose so that you might be able to get something so that you can win. Like, no, let's we were trying to win now, which is why I respect what the Rams did right when they went all in. Um, but these owners, look, it's a, it's a special club that they're all a part of. And, like, you know, they'll get a slap on the wrist because they've all got little secrets that they don't want coming out, um, some bigger than others. Uh, and so, look, if we take care of you, when my secret comes out, you'll take care of me. One hand washes the other. I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll see some consequences. But, you know, we let... They, the way they let players play after, you know, sexual harassment stuff, they're not going to come after an owner for that. Like, they're not going to get rid of, a, you know, get rid of an owner for that. And, you know, the, the league is starting to accept gambling. So I think the, the 100000 for every loss is massive, but I don't think it's big enough to get him, um, to force him to force him out and sell his team. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know. It definitely, you know, especially now with the influx of great of gambling money, it definitely is going to play with the competitive balance of the league. And I know the Browns were also, like, they were also accused of it, not directly implicated in it. But right. we'll get we'll get you out of here on this one, Chris. We know you recently became a dad. Congratulations! Thank you. And will you be one of those parents patrolling the sidelines on Saturday mornings, or? Are you going to be more in the stands and offering your support from afar? So I, I want to say I'm going to be that dad in the stands who's going to be calm, cool, and collected. Um, but there's zero percent chance that that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, so so I have a I have a cousin, little cousin who um, is a defensive end for Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. They were ranked number three in the country. Uh, high school and he's going to Holy Cross I went to one game which I'm mad at by the way like didn't tell me the whole schedule I'm mad my schedule wasn't free so I could make more games but I went to one game and the way I studied him every move he make every time the ball was snapped 
I was like, dude, this is what you got to do with your three-point stance. This is, like, everything. I was like, you got to fire out, stay low. Come, like, everything. His dad was, like, giving, you know, you think you should do this, right? I was like, you're absolutely wrong. This is what you should do. <laughs> I'm I need to start going to run more games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My wife was like, what are you talking about? I've never seen you like this. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time. But you snap right back. And, I, you know, I, there's no way. I want to be the calm guy, but I'm I'm gonna be right there on the sidelines. Oh, are we ever are we gonna see a Coach Johnson at some point? It sounds like uh, you're good to go, or possibly a scout. Like I think you're, uh, it, you know, with politics going on, you might have a nice little side gig going with the, maybe some consulting. Your lips to God's ears. If you guys know a plug, let me know. Oh, <laughs> oh, we will we'll let you know. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> But speaking of a plug, we know you have an event coming up. So if you want to drop uh, drop some info and uh, let people know. Oh, no, absolutely. So thank you guys so much. Um, I've got, as you, as you mentioned, I'm a county legislator, a majority leader in the Westchester Board of Legislators. And tomorrow night, I've got a fundraiser going on. A night of comedy is virtual. So if anybody wants to come through and support, you can go to my website, uh, Johnson for Westchester. That's F-O-R. Uh, johnsonforwestchester.com and you hit the events and then uh, you just pop in there and make a donation and we'll send you the link automatically and you just come through for some laughs. It'll be a good time. Sounds good, brother. Absolutely. So County Legislator, Democratic Majority Leader Christopher Johnson, the newest member of the in crowd. Thank you for coming on, Chris. And guys, Johnson for Westchester, make sure you check it out. Make sure you support the cause. And if you feel like laughing, why not hit up the event? And Absolutely. if you want to be on the in route, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide, slide into those DMs at faderoutepodcast or on Twitter at faderoutednz. Chris Johnson, thank you for coming on, brother. And hopefully we will have you on again soon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to next time. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. Alright boys and girls, it is time for the alleged superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. And the winner gets the illustrious ass trophy. And do you know, D, who won the ass last week? I don't. I don't. The Brooklyn Nets took home the ass solid solid and spectacular so who are your nominees for this week first up for alleged superstar of the week i have Bengals vernon hardraves inactive for the super bowl but he decided to run on the field to celebrate a Bengals interception before halftime in flip-flops and a hoodie holding on to his phone in his pocket the whole time Cost his team half the distance to the goal. Vernon Hargraves, you are an alleged superstar of the week. 
And I know I'm stealing one of yours, Z, but my second alleged superstar of the week is Matt Harvey. Ah. Once deemed the dark knight of the New York Mets pitching staff has re- has recently turned out to be an alleged superstar of the week, snorting cocaine and distributing opioids to other players. Oh, man. These are just a few things that have come to light during the Tyler Skaggs trial. Matt Harvey, you are definitely the alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, James Harden. You are my list for successfully forcing two trades within 14 months of each other. In Houston, you were supposed to be the guy and get other players to play with you. In Brooklyn, you were trying to easily win a ring with the Nets. And now you're going to join Joel Embiid's team. You are the definition of an alleged superstar. Those are mine. What are yours, Z? Well, <laughs> Did I steal you all have them? you didn't steal all of them. <laughs> you didn't you didn't steal all of them because you know I did have Matt Harvey, James Harden. Like I I knew you were gonna take him, so I didn't even bother because because James Harden. I mean that's that's like right there. I mean come on, like three teams in three years, dude. Are you freaking kidding me right now? And as far as Matt Harvey goes, we knew he wanted to be Dwight Good. Now we know exactly how much he wanted to be Dwight Good. Jeez, man. Jeez, like, what are you thinking? What's the matter with you? Jeez. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Like Rick James once said, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> but for my alleged superstar of the week picks, we're going to start with Eli App for talking all that shit prior to Super Bowl 56 getting shredded by Cooper Cup on the former last giant, series. Right? Former, former giant, giant. Former giant. We will hold that against him. Uh, and getting absolutely roasted by seemingly every wideout that's not on the Bengals. Karma's a bitch, Eli. Karma's a bitch. How do you like them apples? Eli Apple, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Juan Soto for rejecting a 13-year, $350 million extension from the Nationals prior to the MLB lockout. Sounds like we found our next guy angling his way out of town to avoid some lean times. We were talking before about McVay and Aaron Donald contemplating retirement. Sounds like Juan Soto is trying to get out of Dodge while he can. Juan Soto, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Daryl Morey. For hitching your wagon to James Harden again. He quit on Houston. He quit on Brooklyn. It's only a matter of time before he quits on you and Philly. Better get that chip this year or you're already on thin ice. Daryl Morey, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the U.S. men's hockey team for blowing a late lead and ultimately losing to Slovakia in a shootout getting eliminated from the Olympic hockey tournament after going to the quarterfinals undefeated. Well, it was fun while it lasted. USA men's hockey team, you are my alleged superstar of the week. These are the nominees, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the Twitter poll and vote and vote and vote. And for our nominees this week... Just do better, boys. Just do better.
favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. Order up! All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week's order up, we are ordering up the top five Super Bowl MVPs of all time. From five to one. Who you got, D? I got some interesting ones. I think we're going to cross over a bit, but I think for number one and number two are going to be different. I got number five. I got Jerry Rice, uh, Super Bowl 23, 11 catches, 215 yards, and a touchdown. That is super impressive. Number four, I got Joe Montana, Super Bowl 24, 297 yards, five touchdown passes. Number three, I got Steve Young, 1994, Super Bowl 29, 325 yards, six touchdown passes. That I don't think will ever be eclipsed. Number two, you definitely don't have this guy, number two. Marcus Allen, Super Bowl 18, 20 carries, 191 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. That's in that old NFL where people actually hit people. And number one, you know I was going to pick him, just wasn't sure which Super Bowl <laughs> was going to be, is Tom Brady, 2014, which was my favorite Super Bowl of his. Not the Atlanta one, but the one where he played the Legion of Boom. One, one year after they crushed Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl, he was on the final drive he had to put his team ahead. He was 8-for-8 eight eight for 74 yards and a touchdown against the best defense in football. He finished the game with 37-50, 37 328 yards, and four touchdowns. That, to me, was the best MVP performance by a player in the Super Bowl era. Z, what do you have? Don't have a lot of overlap, but we definitely, you know, have our fair share. Um, trying not to go all quarterbacks, it's hard. You know, it's hard yeah, not to go all quarterback quarterbacks. award. Exactly. Jeez. Like, uh, you know, like I'm looking at for number five. I'm looking at Super Bowl 13, Terry Bradshaw, 318 yards passing and four, four TDs. Right? Yeah. yeah, like, and it's a different era too. They beat the they shit out of people. It's a bar fight. <laughs> exactly. It's a fucking bar fight. Like they had like, I'm sure somebody had like a steel pipe like wrapped in the, you know, like wrapped in the club. Like it's, you know, it was a different time, man. It was like it was, it was a street fight. It was a street fight in pads. Like number number four, I'm looking at Emmett Smith, 30 carries, 132 yards, two TDs. You know, Super Bowl 28. That was a, a fantastic performance. Number three for me. Jerry Rice. I'm with you on that. 23. Super Bowl 23. 11 catches, 215 yards, and a TD. That's impressive, man. That's a big one. Absolutely. For this one, Super Bowl 32, Terrell Davis. 30 carries, 157 yards, three touchdowns. Like, that is 
that is big time performance. And for me, just in terms of star power, stature, and the game, Super Bowl 24, Joe Montana, 297, five TDs. Crazy. Absolutely well, well earned. And it's another one, you know, you were talking about Tom Brady, which one you're going to pick. It's like, which Joe Montana game am I going to pick? Right. Because Joe Montana is, you know, he balled out. He's a legend for a reason. And for me, that was his greatest performance. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Well done, sir. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.